This is Customer Experience Leaders, a podcast produced by Rated. It's a show where we reveal the secrets of how great brands delight their customers. On the show, we chat to the unsung heroes of customer experience, the people who are working behind the scenes to make CX great. And on each episode, you'll learn from their examples and get aha moments and practical takeaways. I'm your host, Adam Jaffrey. Today, we're speaking to Ryan Baker, General Manager of Operations for Bunnings, Australia's most loved hardware chain. Ryan is a retail professional with a career managing high-performing teams, and he's been working at Bunnings for 19 years. Now, he manages all stores across the country. On today's episode, you'll hear how Bunnings maintains a connection to their local community through curated value systems, how they empower their staff and build strong teams, and how they manage to have a staff retention rate of 90%. Customer Experience Leaders host Michael Momsen spoke to Ryan in mid-2020. Bunnings, for those not in Australia, is, I mean, it's a household brand, uh, very much a loved place to go, fixing anything up around the house, garden, etc. I think it's impossible to go in for one thing in Bunnings and not come out with 18. I'm sure that's all part of the plan, but it's just stuff for so many good things and the brain starts going, oh, actually, yeah, I could <laughs> I could take on that project or what have you. Um, maybe a good place to start is just tell me a little bit about the your journey at Bunnings. Like, there's not many people that work for an organization for that amount of time. You know, 19 years at Bunnings uh, sounds like a really interesting story. So, maybe let's start there. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, yeah, yeah, almost 19 years now. So, I started uh, when I was 20. Yeah. Um, before Bunnings, I was actually working in a supermarket chain called Franklin's up in Queensland. And then I came across to Bunnings when I was 20, started as a department coordinator there. Just started to work my way through the business. So I worked my way through the store leadership role, so coordinator, operations manager, and then uh, finally getting to run my own store at 24. The business has always been about our team, and it's always been about you know, doing what's right by the team, doing what's right by the customer. Um, a lot of people do ask, you know, how have you worked in one business or brand for 19 years? Yeah. I think it really comes down to, I think the business has got to be aligned with your own personal values. And for you to be able to jump out of bed every day and be excited to go to work uh, can only happen when that's the case. And you do hear of a lot of people that, you know, get out of bed and go, oh, it's another day. That's normally when there's a conflict between how the business will operate from a values point of view and what your mm. own personal set is. Mm. Uh, moved over to Western Australia, had a two-year-old uh, and a newborn baby. Wow. Uh, away from what we thought at the time was spend two years in Western Australia, and we stayed there for almost 10 years. So in that time, I went over to run our biggest store in, in Western Australia at Midland there, got to do an AM role in almost every region in Western Australia. About three years ago, uh, was made the, the State Operations Manager of Western Australia for Bunnings which was absolutely fantastic. I really uh, I love that role. And then almost two years ago, was lucky enough to, to be put into this role. So general manager operations, I look after all the stores in Australia, as well as you know, loss prevention, everything to do with service, all our in-home consultant side of things, and, and also our business improvement and automation teams. One of the things that's really wonderful, certainly values-based businesses in retail in particular, are these success stories of literally started on the shop floor and then now having, you know, the ability to input into strategy and, and overseeing, you know, the bigger picture. Yeah, it's great because you have such wonderful connection and empathy to 
all those roles and actually what it takes to, to be great through that. So, it's a great success story for both you personally and also the brand backing people as they go th- on that journey, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think that's that's one thing Bunnings is very strong for. You know, it, it doesn't matter how long you've done a role or, or what you've been doing, giving everyone a go and, and putting in you know, someone that they believe that, that they can work with. Certainly lucky to have been in a business like this for so long. One thing that came through really clear in your, your journey and as you were, you were talking was just how important the culture of the team is and supporting the team and backing the team and, and kind of the values and that sort of team first centricity and, and it sounds like it's not just some posters on the walls or some, you know, lip service. Otherwise, you would, <laughs> wouldn't be here almost 20 years later, right? Can you talk a little bit about that culture around focusing on the team? Like, what, what exactly is that? Like, how does that show up? We talk about for us uh, in Bunnings whether we want to deliver, you know, the best service. That, that's what we talk about a lot. And for us, it's always been about having the best team. Team is absolutely everything in what we do. We have vision and values in every single store. So, as we talked before, we are really a culturally and values-based business. And we do actively look out for each other. So we're our own, we call ourselves the Reds family. So it, mm. it really is around, you know, looking out for each other. Our attention is at 90%. You know, it's... That's incredible. It, so really for us, you either don't last long or, or, or you don't leave. <laughs> that's kind of the way it works for us. And then that's kind of what we talk about you know, when we have new teams starting. But it really is about looking out for each other. It really is about... You know, not making decisions based on what's going to be a, 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 what you think is a good outcome today, but really making decisions on what you believe is the right thing to do. And there is just an expectation in our business that, that that's how you operate. If you are, you know, whether you're a leader or, or a team member, we want you to make the call. We want you empowered to do what you think is right. And that really leads us to the outcome for customers too, because mm. you know the team are empowered to make the decision. We We want the team to do what they think is right. And it makes such a difference. Did I hear that you mentioned like values at a store level? Are they so? Are they taking the kind of corporate ones, or are they sort of owning that? Like and having, or are they putting their own local spin on it? How does that actually show up? And 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 if so, like the the process for that that sounds quite unique. Every single store has their own value set. You know, you do see a lot of businesses that'll have just one overarching corporate set of values, and, right. um, and it does sit on the wall somewhere. And you hope someone looks at it at some point. But for us, for every new store, before it's actually built and the team are, are brought together, the leadership team of that store spend three days through a workshop working out wow. the vision and values for the store. Now you're thinking to yourself, how could it take three days? But the process we do, it's really robust and we go through all, all the different types of values. So it might be, you know, honesty or integrity or teamwork or communication or fun or whatever the case might be. And that leadership team comes up with the values. And then as we're recruiting for that store, those values are, you know, presented to the team and, and, and that's what we live in each and every store. And then twice a year, vote on how we're going and how, are we living those as a team and, and, and what do we need to do to improve and but they're all different and they've all been designed for, for each and every store. And, and we find that's what works best, having that local ownership. They all have their own infographic about, you know, what's important for their store. So depending on what's on what's big in, in their local area will we'll depend on what that is. So it works absolutely fantastically well. It's a brand that is like no other brand from an Australian perspective. I mean, it's sort of right up there with the the, the Qantases and the, <laughs> the Vegemites, et cetera. Um, but then to have such a hyper local you know community feel what it sounds like in the team it's it feels like you know it's it's, it's a family run business at a local level from a you know the way that you describe 
let's get a team together. Let's define our own values. That's quite a unique thing for, you know, like a large national brand. Is there a way that that needs to connect into the to the mothership or is it a case of actually, no, like the, the, the local teams are free to, to, to run whatever culture that, that they feel is, is best for their store? There's no, it's not as if we give the stores, well, here's the 20 values you can choose from. No, it doesn't right. matter. Well, they can choose what they think is going to work best for their team. That's great. Um, and, and look, and look, Michael, you do talk about the fact that we are a nationally known you know, brand and we've got big stores everywhere. But uh, if you talk to the community and, and how we want it to feel, we are yeah. the local bunning store. You know? Yes, that's our true. Team, our team live and work in that local community. We are the the local store that's trying to add some value back to that community. So mm. it's certainly not a, not the case of well, there's 300 stores. You know, you're just a big, you know, just a big business just going about your merry way. The key to our success has been that local feel. You speak about understanding the local community, and it sounds like you've got some, you know, some some resources to support that. How are the team empowered to kind of make that make that happen in terms of a local engagement and impact? When a store opens or a store is operating in the local community, all of our team are employed from that local area. So you, you, you have connections straight away to that. Not every range in every store is the same. We do build ranges based on what's best for the community in which we operate. And it is important that we actually understand what the community does need. Every single store has an activities organiser is what the role is called. But their whole role is about creating you know, vibe and activity in each and every store and also looking externally around how we can add value. So whether that be, you know, getting out to the local schools and and and, and making some veggie and seedling beds with the kids to help them see how you know, vegetables and fruit grows, uh, the sausage sizzles at the front of the stores, the cake stalls that are in our atrium, you know, the local scout groups, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it really is an expectation that we have that we want to be an active participant. That's what gives you the local feel. Now, that's great. So there's someone in the local team that's responsible for that engagement and finding what's relevant and the best way to like add value back to the community and have that that connection in each and every store. Yep. Let's uh, kick off with a quick fire round. So this is where I'm asking you a few questions to get to know uh, the man behind the microphone. Bit of fun. So, right, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, I actually wanted to be a lawyer. Is that right? Yeah, when I was studying at school, it was something I always thought I'd like to do, more so on the side where you can help people that maybe couldn't afford legal advice. Ah, interesting. That's where my mind was at, yeah. What's uh, something that you're reading right now or something you're consuming and into? The Harvard Business Review still for me is is one that is, you know, cutting edge and and things that does seem to really resonate with, you know, where we're at as a business and a lot of different things that are happening. So that's one that I definitely don't miss an article in. What's a non-work-related thing that you're really into right now? I do love to um, just get out and get moving. I guess being in isolation, uh, you know, particularly I've got three kids at home. Yes. So I'm doing homeschooling, just getting out of the house and just getting a bit of fresh air and going for a bit of a walk has actually been really good for us. Where do you go to upskill? Where's your, some of your favourite uh, places like books, podcasts, etc.? I actually prefer the, you know, the conversations or those little coffee chats with people you know, not necessarily in your industry, rather than just reading or or podcasts only. So I try mm. and mix them both. What is a skill that you're terrible at? I would say switching off. Mm. Who's someone that you really admire? My mum, actually. 
Yeah. I really admire my mum. Yeah. So uh, single parent brought up us two boys together, and yeah. uh, you know, certainly didn't have anything easy the whole way. And I really admire the way she has gone about a lot of things. So yeah, for me, it's pretty close to home. I really do admire what what she does and how she's gone about it. Oh, that's great. That's lovely to hear. What is your guilty pleasure? Ice cream. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> You speak well to like just, you know, the team culture and such centricity to that. And obviously, the local team has the ability to set values and so forth. I'm, I'm interested in like clearly the team love working there and you've got such high percentage of people that stay for the long term with you being uh, the poster child of that. Like what do you think are some of the core elements that attribute to that? It's that genuine care for each other, Michael. It's, mm. it, it's, not, being, it's not being good for a week of the year. Uh, it's actually doing the right thing by the team each and every day. And look, we're not perfect. You know, there's yeah. still plenty of things that, that we want to continue to work on. And we need to be humble enough to know that there's opportunities in each and every store around this space. But we do actively try and do what's right. And there's decisions you make today may not be, the, you know, the greatest thing for the for the bottom line tomorrow, but they will be for the year ahead. And it, it, it's really about understanding that that, that local community investing in that and the team feels great to be part of that mm. the team go out you know proudly wearing their red shirts in the schools in other community groups and and and, and get involved and it's something that just can't be replicated and when you're looking to you know bring on leaders to take over stores obviously they've yet to set those values what are some things that you're looking for to go yep here's a leadership team or you know here's someone who you know we feel really confident is able to bring this together and set up the right the right culture locally a few different elements. And if you look at Bunnings, you know, we have been successful. So we are a high performing team. So yes. I don't want anyone to think that we're just kind of sitting around. It's all happy clappy. Yeah. <laughs> there, is, there is some some ultimate things that we are trying to do here. Of course. A successful business. But you know, the big part of our success is that engagement. And and from a from a leader's point of view, being authentic and 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 being able to be yourself. We are a values-based business. You don't want to be putting on a facade the whole time you're trying to lead. Um, there needs to be a really good alignment between you know, how the leader naturally operates and, and then how we want our leadership team to operate, if that makes sense. Yes, yes. Um, so, you know, we want that genuine, authentic feel from the leaders. We want someone that's can-do. They don't always have all the experience in the world, but that's okay. We can teach that. And, and, and it's about having a good, diverse mix as well of, of, of different experience and, and different thoughts. We don't want everyone to be exactly the same because that's not how mm. our communities are, are, are based or built either. So mm. you want to have some good, different thinking and diverse thinking. How do you bring in high-performance culture and say, look, here's the bar, like here's the, here's the expectations, you know, like in a simplistic way you can kind of go, here's a sales number, hit it. But that's not, like that's probably not the way to do it. So how do, how do you think about you know, high performance together with this high level of people first, people centricness. To reach the vision that you want, in our mind, there's, there's two parts, exactly as you said. There's the cultural piece and making sure you've got, you know, an engaged and empowered team. But there's the, the strategy as well, which is which is really around that, you know, driving performance side of things. So you can't have just culture with no strong strategy because you won't reach it. And it can't be the other way either where you have the greatest strategy in the world, but you don't have a team that can bring it to life. Yeah, we do spend a lot of time on both. As I said to you before, it's no surprise that we are doing what we do, but we believe that if all the strategies are equal, 
it's going to be the best team that brings that to life in the greatest possible way. So, you know, our strategy around, you know, lowest prices, widest range and best service, that's what we, that's what we go after. And mm. there's a lot behind those, but that's essentially what we try and drive. And, and, and we do have some good actions that are going behind that, but you do need a, a team that's going to be able to bring that to life consistently, 100 times out of 100 if possible. The team's the key for that. So we do go hard at both. The strategy, you know, we want to make sure that we are, you know, driving and developing a business that's world-class, but we really do believe that that the best team will bring that to life. How do you ensure that you're bringing people on board that you're like, yep, they're going to they're gonna nail both sides of, of this equation? A lot of our recruitment process is behaviorally based. So mm. we want people that are, and we talk about it from a from a service expectation point of view, friendly and helpful. That's kind of that's kind of what we're looking for from a behavioral point of view. We have a really strong internal training program, which you know through our suppliers and and fellow teammates, etc., can really help to give you the skills you need. So mm. that's one piece of it, and and also. We do hire for for those skills as well. So it might be plumbers or electricians or uh, et cetera, but we won't go and hire, you know, someone that's been out in the field as an electrician point of view for 30 years if they don't have the behavioural elements that we're looking for. Thankfully for us, there are plenty of, um, you know, traders coming off the tools that that do have that and and, and mm. be involved with helping customers. So we, but we do really look for that behaviour. Let's unpack that because I think a lot of people just stick to the interview, right? And I think the interview is hard to figure out some of these elements. So, yeah, let, let, let's yeah, spend so a moment on this. I'm fascinated. We have a screening process first and foremost through online and then, and that kind of, you know, narrows it down to a, to a smaller set. Yes. Um, and, then, and then we actually get our people in a bit more difficult in this COVID world right now. Yes, very true. Into a big, big room and we, and we give you, you know, different service elements to role play and it gives Feel on, you know, how do you talk to each other? So that teamwork side of things, you know, are you talking over each other? Can you ad lib and have a bit of fun with it? Because we really want that. We're not so much worried in that process around what knowledge you have for the situation you're given. We're just seeing if you're going to go and give it a go. And then we'll do some more kind of, you know, targeted interviews. And then congratulations, you've got a job. So that's kind of how it works for us. Yeah. How do you manage those role plays? There's a lot of investment on your side, no doubt, to have people facilitate that, right? Yeah, well, it's the leadership team in the store in which you're applying. So yeah, wow. it's important that they can see you all the way through the process. So it's not done centrally through HR or any of those things. As the as the leadership team in the store you're recruiting for, you are involved in the process. And as I said before, it, it's not as though we have heaps of team leaving all the time where we've got to, you know, be recruiting every second day. When we do recruit, it's, it's as the store is getting bigger, et cetera, and we go from there. Yeah, kind of invest that in. We've spent a bit of time, Ryan, chatting about the the team experience and it's sort of been quite purposeful actually because it's quite clear that if you get that right and that culture right, then you're delivering great customer outcomes. It'd be good to, you know, get your perspective on how you think about how those two are interlinked and, you know, the, the, the goals that you're looking from a customer experience perspective from the team i think one of the one of the things that i noticed like as a bunnings customer is that when you get the team they're amazing but you can't necessarily always get someone and so i'm sort of interested when you when you think about this answer is both the customer experience in a in a team driven way and then in, i suppose in where, where where you where you can't get access to a team member something we are working really hard at at the moment is to try and make our stores easier to shop you know, mm. we are a big green shed and, you know, and it can be overwhelming at times. You walk in and you go, I'm looking for whatever it might be. I'm looking yes. for a lawnmower. 
and and then you're all of a sudden hunting around the store and looking for you know where that is. So we're trying to create some technology now. We've just put an app on the on on the app store, which is oh, very cool. Is basically, you type in lawnmower, you type in your local store, and it'll tell you where it is. Oh, there we go. Can we can we use that now? <laughs> yes, yeah, you can. Oh man, I'm yeah. testing that out next time. It's in every Bunning store. Yeah, yeah, it, it's set up. For oh. every, it's set up for every Bunning store. So, so that's outstanding. What we do find is about half of the questions we get is where is. Yeah, absolutely. As opposed to how to or what would be the best to. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're trying to do now is if we can make our stores even easier to navigate, then the people that are looking for a team member that really actually have some genuine advice to get uh, to get from us, uh, we'll be able to find that easier because. You know, for, for those of us, and, and there's times you need advice and there's times, actually, I just want to know what aisle so I can grab it. So yes. um, we're already seeing a, a great take up of that. Also, we're just looking at other ways in which we can you know, make the transaction faster through, you know, the, the front of the store. We're trying to, we've developed a, uh, an app for commercial customers where they can transact themselves and, and get out quicker. So we're just trying to remove those friction points so that when you actually really need to talk to a team member, you know, they're easier to access and, and, and we're starting to see some some really positive results out of that. Like what, what are some of the key elements there that you think you really focus on in terms of ensuring that the customer experience is great? We talked a bit before about friendly and helpful. So that's how we yes. want our team to, to be really approachable. Customers feel welcome. But it, it's about being genuine with the customer. So this isn't about yes. trying to sell a product that we've secretly uh, decided we want to sell more of off to the side. Right. They're trying to sell you more than you need. This is genuinely about listening to a project you're trying to do, giving you the products that you need, not more, not less, and then also giving you a few tips and tricks along the way to make that project mm. easier or give you some confidence. So mm. it's not about a, a blanket set of questions that we want you to ask the customer so it becomes robotic. This is about being in the moment with the customer in front of you at that time. And if you do that, you're very rarely going to get it wrong. How do you then think about performance culture? Because, you know, businesses still need to like perform well. So, or do you kind of go, do you know what the numbers will look after themselves? Or is there a performance element to that equation as well? Oh, definitely a performance element. But it's more than just the person you talk to in the aisle. It's that overarching vibe you feel. Picture it's Saturday morning, you're getting out of the car, you can smell the sausage sizzle at the front. Right. You're walking in the front door, there's, you know, there's lots of customers everywhere. Um, you can hear kids down the, you know, the bottom end of the store doing their workshop. You've got some customers testing out some new blowers or uh, right. you know, some kind of machinery there. You've got something happening in the tool shop. It's that overarching vibe you get when you come into our store. It's it's more than just talking to someone about one thing. It's it's the mm. whole vibe you get when you come in. And mm. you know, we don't have a Bunnings on every corner, but we try and create a, a an experience where you will want to drive you know, sometimes up to 15 minutes in that metro area to come and visit mm. the store because you'll actually go home with, as you said at the start, more than you came in for, but yes. because you get inspired about things as you're walking around our store. And Makes sense. That, that, that service element's one piece, but that overarching vibe, trying to help you be inspired and give you a bit of confidence to go and give the project a go, that really does create an environment where, where customers want to come back. And, and when they're in store, then you have the opportunity to you know to inspire them for more things. So of course we track sales, we track average sale, we track our service scores, we track all those things. We probably like every other business, we're looking at all those different elements. But you can't look at one thing in isolation and, and mm. hope for the best. You, you've really yes. got to look at what the package is, 
understand what the customer journey is, which isn't easy because there's so many different demographics, um, but you've got to really understand what's that customer journey and make it as easy as possible for the customer and as easy as possible for the team to look after the customer. What a great way to summarize that. And actually, one of my questions was like, there are so many of those things happening within Bunnings from kids' activities to playgrounds to workshops. And it sounds like the, the primary driver for that is to expose them to all the things that they could possibly do, but actually deliver them a great experience as well and make it a place that you actually want to come and, and spend some time. You know, there, there's so many retailers now online and we aren't a, just a transaction business. We are about experience. And I, I think that's, that's it's really important to know. It's not about just being able to come in and being able to pick up that, that shovel and walk out. We want you to have that experience, that full experience you get when you mm. go to our store. And mm. you can feel it as soon as you walk in the door. We, you know, we've all been in retailers where, gee whiz, there's not much uh, activity happening here and it feels pretty boring or, or, or right. not somewhere you want to come. And there's other ones where you walk in and you go, I love it here. And yes. I'll come back again. And even from a family point of view, you know, the kids yes. I want to go to Bunnings and I want to do this and I want to do that. And, you know, it, it's it, it's making everyone feel welcome. You know, we have things like you know garden clubs where we'll have people come in and listen to experts talking about what to plant at certain times of the year. We'll have DIY classes to help you, as I say, give you some confidence or give you some ideas on things that you can do. So there's just so many different elements. You know, we're a bit of a community hub what the connection is then is there for an experience and not just buying some stuff. You know, you can think back about the time you were there or what was happening with the kids or, or whatever it might be or, or, the, or the bruise you got when the kids hit right. those little trolleys, you know. But, yes. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's something you can look back and, and remember what was happening. Yeah. So, I want to finish on the pandemic that we're seeing ourselves through and I'd be really sort of interested in the journey that you've been in through the various stages and just sort of how you, how you and the team, you know, approached navigating the tremendous changes and, and the challenges and, yeah, maybe maybe sort of start, yeah, how, how did it add a bigger picture? How did, how did you go about navigating that? Particularly early on, it was really, you know, our purpose was really just to make sure that, you know, the safety of our team and customers was paramount. So, you know, for all the, the different activities that we were trying to work our way through, and if you remember back, everything was changing so quickly. You know, almost yes. every day you had Scott Morrison talking about new restrictions that were coming in place. Each of the states didn't line up either, so they were all kind of doing yeah. their own thing. You know, and, and so we're having to very quickly get across you know, a really fast-changing environment. As you say, you know, all of a sudden you're starting to, to see some, you know, physical distancing measures start to come into place. So, yeah, we talk about the tape on the ground, the perspex of the registers. We've got tables in front of, um, of of the counters. We started to restrict the amount of customers in the store just to, just to ensure that we were creating that space for, for our team and customers. And it, it was something we were, you know, learning along the way. There was no playbook. You couldn't go mm. back and say, oh, I wonder what happened with this five years ago. There was no playbook. <laughs> and that's what made it tough. And I think I spoke earlier about how, you know, I think a lot of retailers kind of just shared openly around what we were doing and what was working. So I think that allowed everyone to get to a to a baseline pretty quickly. You try and do what you think is right. And uh, from a team point of view, I don't know if you've heard of the platform before, but it's called Workplace. Yes. We have more than 70% of our team uh, signed up on there. So it allowed us to share information with them regularly and get really strong cut through 
doing live streams where the team can just ask you live any questions they might have. And yeah, nice. you're putting yourself in a situation where you don't know what's going to come. And, yeah. and some of the questions were straight up. But uh, we always said to our team, we've made ourselves accessible and available to say, ask us whatever you're thinking, share with us your ideas. I reckon more than half of the different measures we ended up doing in stores came from the team to saying, this has worked for us, or what about this, or oh, wow. somewhere else. And so it really did help us through that that piece. So that's the team side. From a customer point of view, we just really had to work hard to help educate our customers what did, or at, that, at that time we called it social distancing, what did yes. social distancing mean, how do we want you to interact in store, you know, the use of sanitizers, um, et cetera, et cetera, all of those type of things, and and helping our customers understand to, to do a bit more work pre-work before you come to the store so that you know what you're coming for so you can yes. you know, make that transaction as, as fast as you can. Also, from a technology point of view, so we are a little late to the online party. I think everyone knows that about Bunnings, and, and, and we really, you know, even though we've been online since 2008, our, the strong work we've done in the last 12 months is what's really got us to a good, full, transactable website, and we were still fairly new at that. I don't know if you've seen in our car parks uh, drive and collect. So you can do yes. click and collect, but you can choose drive and collect. So that went from an idea uh, to fully in place in stores in around about two weeks. Ooh, so, wow. Um, so, so these are things in the past that would have taken us 12 months of <laughs> working it out, testing, trialing. Uh, it really did force us to say, you know what, what's important right now? And, and let's get the right teams involved and, and make it happen. And, and that drive and collect more than, you know, particularly through peak COVID, more than half our click and collect orders were drive and collect. Yeah, wow. And, you know, it just allowed customers to be contactless and, uh, and to work our way through there. So we added more products onto the website. So we really did have to up our online game to, because sales increased via that channel exponentially. And, yes. and we saw that probably in every retail uh, environment, but uh, we definitely saw that for us. So it, COVID itself, um, it's been a challenge, but it has forced us to, to, to move quickly on some things and, and it's allowed us to get a lot done. And, mm. you know, I think coming out the back of COVID now, there's just some things that I think we did just because we've always done it that probably won't come back because we're actually going to make it more streamlined for the team and, you know, and remove tasks that we that we just don't think add value going forward. So it's been tough and um, there's been, as I said before, no playbook to, to lean back on. Yes. But it certainly has allowed us to, to get lots of things moving and, you know, I think it really showed how strong our team is because there were so many things to execute, so many things to be across. It was tough going. Team and customers, the whole community was under duress and, and that's where you really see, you know, how culturally strong your team are it sounds like the way that you guys rallied together I was, I was sort of interested in like just practically what were the key bits that had to come together to be able to execute like that because i'd imagine that there's so many sort of cross-functional areas that need to come together you know there's community there's you know potential things where can we even like legally do this uh etc cetera, etc cetera. maybe just touch on like how, how did you actually able to pull some of these big things together as COVID really hit, uh, we pulled together some cross-functional teams from, from all over the business and, and, and we had them working on different areas. So, uh, so we had a whole group working on, on the customer and what that all looked like, uh, team welfare. Uh, as you say, it was hard to purchase some products. We had to put some on restrictions. Mm. We had to work out the supply chain, you know, coming in from yes. outside of Australia. So we had a lot of work happening around that. 
we, we had another group set up just around, you know, just that overarching trading of our business and what that looks like because we did see some increases in some categories. So how do we how do we best cope with what that looks like? Yeah. Um, and then we we also had another group just just really working on that customer communication and 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 how do we really help our customers feel comfortable with what's happening in store? And then all the government and and uh, and all those government bodies. So there was so much changing and happening. And also mm. us understanding what was required and getting access to the latest information, as well as ensuring that everyone understood, you know, what we were doing in stores to, to make it safer for our team and customers. So mm. we set up those cross-functional teams, you know, very, very quickly, kind of put everything else to the side. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and those groups were catching up daily. And, you know, every day we were working through what needed to happen. And once we started to formulate some plans, and then it was just how we communicated with our teams and, and ensure that was happening. What are some, some key things that you think will stick for the long term? Well, I, I think a lot of the work we did around that online piece we discussed before, the yes. drive and collect, the enhancements around click and collect and our ability to do that in a faster way, that'll definitely stick. Uh, we've done a lot of work with it, also our click and deliver. So that whole piece there, you know, I think it's it, it's forced us to move forward quickly and it's given mm. us a, a real strong appetite to even make that better for the customer. That's great. Uh, you know, from a team point of view, I, I think there's a – there's a hell of a lot of task that we're just going to not bring back and just make the process <laughs> easy for the team. And, yeah, right. you know, I, I think looking in, you wonder why you didn't see some of this stuff along the way, but there's mm. that, and we, that we will stop doing. Um, that's just going to free up time uh, for the team to, to serve our customers more. From a training point of view, we've done a lot more virtually. Whilst we won't do everything virtually because we, we do love that face-to-face contact, yeah, the amount of content that we can get out to our team and 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 the way in which they're interacting and getting bite-sized chunks of knowledge and training, I think we'll continue to expand that. All of our live streams and the way in which we are communicating to the team through workplace, you know, we've really ramped that up. You know, and at times you're thinking far out. I feel like I'm communicating too much, but when right. we talk to the team, it, it was just enough. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. No, so the way we're making ourselves really accessible and talking directly to the team and putting ourselves out there a little more through more live streams, et cetera, where the team can get access and ask you whatever questions they would like, that's going to continue. So there's some elements out of COVID that uh, that will certainly has made us think about how we do things, So, which is a good thing. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. We had uh, such a blast hearing about, you know, the big green shed, what happens behind the scenes to, you know, really deliver great customer experiences. And there's some some big themes there, um, which I look forward to, to unpacking. But just wanted to say a sincere thank you. And uh, thanks for the great work that, that you and the team are doing. Like, it's, it's pretty clear that the, all the work behind the scenes is what makes a, a great Bunnings experience. No, thanks very much, Marvel. Yes, very proud of the team and, and all that they're doing. So, thanks very much. Thanks for listening. This podcast is produced by Rateit, the market leader in gathering in-the-moment customer feedback. If you'd like more information, head to the website rateitapp.com. That's R-A-T-E-I-T-A-P-P.com. If you have any feedback about the show, Michael would love to hear from you directly. You can reach out to him on LinkedIn. Just search for Michael Mobson. We've put a link in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app. And while you're there, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps other people find the show. I'm your host, Adam Jaffrey, and I'll speak to you next time.